This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. Well, the province is moving forward with the concept of regionalization to help communities and municipalities share and deliver necessary services from snow clearing to fire protection, road repair, recreation, water and sewer services. The list goes on and on. Well, the report by the Working Group on Regionalization was released uh, some time ago, sparking conversation on the issue. And while the process uh, is now underway, uh, some people, including representatives of local service districts and unincorporated areas, are feeling a bit left out of the process. Well, my guest today is Secretary with the Local Service District of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy. Hello. Good, mo- good afternoon. How are you, Linda? Great, great. So what exactly is the local, local service district of Bellevue? How many people does it serve? So we serve probably between 150 and 160 people. We have about 90 households. Probably 25% of them are t- summer residences from people who had family here who, uh, who left them residences when uh, they died. And does it take in um, areas outside of Bellevue as well, like uh, nearby communities? Actually, we have three local service districts that work jointly, and it's Bellevue, Bellevue Beach, and Thornley. So what sort of services do these local services, uh, local service districts, I'm sorry, provide? So we provide water, we provide fire protection, and that's that's mainly our job because eastern regional service board does our garbage for us right and i want to get into that for that aspect of things in a few minutes but uh, how do residents currently pay for the services that that are that are currently provided so we pay directly for our services so we pay people pay by check or cash to the local service district and they pay a fee per year. Last year, I think it was $208, which included water and fire. And we paid 200 or 220 to Eastern Regional. And that, and includes, the the, and that includes the seasonal... Um, yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. And you say you, you provide the street lighting as well? No, no, no. Everybody pays for their own street lighting if they choose to have it. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'm familiar with that process, yeah. So you mentioned a re, uh, Regional Services Board and the Waste Management Board, and I want to talk to you a little bit about those. that. So what exactly is the Regional Services Board, and what does it do? Eastern Regional Service Board currently provides garbage service to about 30,000 of the... 135,000 households that are on the Avalon Peninsula. Uh, other than that, they provide fire services to a small number of communities somewhere around the southern shore, I think. And uh, so there, is there a fee for that service as well? I would assume that they, and I don't know, right? I would assume that there would be there would be a cost associated with that, and people would pay like they would their garbage bill. They'd pay for fire services as well as their garbage to Eastern Regional. Right, and uh, I guess Eastern Regional either picks it up themselves or they contract a, a local contractor or something, and they'll do it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and what about the Waste Management Board? How does that operate? Well, there are no waste management boards in this province, <laughs> and that, that's a problem that we have because a lot of people, even some MHAs, don't know 
that we do not have waste management boards. We have regional service boards in this province. We have five of them currently operating in this province. I think there were ten created. Five of them are active. Um, <clears throat> and they do our garbage collection. Under the legislation from back to 1990, they have the minister has the authority to provide them with a lot more power to do things than they actually have right now because it's enabling legislation and the minister has to actually give them power by regulation from the list in the powers of the board in the Regional Services Board Act. So those boards, uh, what kind of uh, things do they, you mentioned uh, they, they deal with um, uh, waste collection, but uh, are there other duties that they have? Uh, well, you have one here, like I, I use the example of um, street and road names, making sure there are civic addresses. Um, they can uh, they can do uh, like they have waste disposal. They can do storm drainage, um, other things as well that are mentioned there. They can take on regional fire protection services if they're granted that authority by regulation. So taking care of some of those essentials that um, a, a local service district might not have the capacity to do. Yes. Gotcha. So do you know now uh, with this uh, regionalization process whether those boards will continue to operate under regionalization or will they be an essential essential part of that process? We have no idea. In British Columbia, they rolled uh, currently existing boards that had those powers into the regional service boards, but we have no idea. We know very little about this process. And that's the crux, I suppose, of what we're talking about here and the purpose of our conversation. And I want to get into that a little bit further about the information you have and and what you know and what you don't know uh, when we come back after the break. My guest today on On Target is Secretary with the Local Service District of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy. We're talking about regionalization. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And my guest today is Secretary with the Local Service District of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy. And Larry, you've been in conversation with other local service districts and you reached out in frustration to us uh, uh, over this whole regionalization process. What are some of your concerns there? Well... Linda, I, I look at it this way, and, and I pointed out to you that our intention is constructive, right? We're not against the, the end result of this. We need some sort of regional process to identify the concerns that we all have in this province, particularly in rural areas. But <clears throat> we've been left out, and that breeds mistrust. It breeds fear. It, we feel people, and I've talked to a number of people in different LSDs in the local Trinity South area, and we feel like we're not valued because you didn't ask us to the table. And if I can think the only reason you didn't is because you didn't think we had anything of value to contribute. Well, the simple fact that I asked you how certain things are going to work and your answer was quite bluntly, I don't know, uh, as secretary of a local service district, that says something. It does. And, and uh, I'll give you a prime example. Um, there's a whole thing here about property tax. And there are, there's a pile of misinformation 
that's been out there in the public, mainly spread by MNL. Um, and it honestly scares me because a property tax in Newfoundland is, we're an outlier, by the way, in Canada. We're the only province that I know of, there could be, somebody can correct me, um, that our property tax is a local tax, pay for local services. So people who live in municipalities pay for the services they get with their property tax, the same as I do. They just pay it through property tax. I pay by check or cash. It makes no difference. We're paying for what we get. We're getting what we pay for. And that's not what's being put out there in the public. Other provinces who have property tax, they have a provincial levy. So you're paying more than your services in your local municipality. In Ontario, 30% of education funding comes from property tax. In the majority of other provinces, you pay for policing out of your property tax. And I use the example of Annapolis Royal in Nova Scotia. Little community, 500 people. Their budget for 2021 for policing was $430,000. Oh my Lord. (laughs) They pay for their own policing. Every person who lives in Newfoundland gets policing and the province pays for it. St. John's has Royal Newfoundland Constabulary, Cornerbrook, Labrador City, Wabush, provincial taxpayer pays for it, same as they pay for your RNC or RCMP here. Right? And we pay for that on, in our HST and uh, provincial tax. taxes on absolutely everything and our income tax. Exactly. So it's like, like I said, an education tax. So property tax here is very different than it is in other provinces. And that's not the message that's been sent. It's not actually in the joint working group report. We're being told that we're not paying our fair share, that there's unfairness and inequity in the tax system that where people are paying for their services now in LSDs. So I'm confused. We're so confused. where do you suppose this um, attitude, as you see it, is, is coming from? You know, is it coming from uh, municipalities? Is it coming from um, urban areas? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think there's... It, it's, it's in two parts, I guess, because... I would assume that somebody who lives in a municipality and has lived there all their lives would not really give any thought to how people pay for their services in a, in a rural area, right, outside of a municipality. So, and I have a feeling that there are people within MNL who take advantage of that and lead these people to believe that I'm getting a free ride. I mean. I sent you a copy of a CBC article from 2013 that blew my mind, right? That somebody could actually say, right, that those of us who are living outside of municipalities are free riders. That's that's a pure quote from the article by the CEO of MNL. 
And as you say, you, you are paying for the services that you get. Uh, you just don't have the same kind of infrastructure. But I know one of the arguments that municipalities, Newfoundland and Labrador, has been offering up uh, to some of these questions has been, well, okay, let's say, for instance, uh, you're in uh, LSDA and you do your grocery shopping and your kids attend uh, school and go to recreational programs in municipality B, uh, you're availing of those services, but not directly paying into it. That's one of the arguments that MNL has made. So uh, what's your response to that? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you my response to that. My response is, and I'll give a, a perfect example. Scotiabank, it was on your newscast again now, Scotiabank is closing branches in rural areas. They did it in Newfoundland last year, right? They closed two, one in Glovertown and one in Arnold's Cove. We have a Scotiabank, Scotiabank branch in Whitburn, right? The reason that bank survives is because all of us in this area do our business at that bank. I'm not saying everybody, but enough people to keep it open, right? So if I leave and go to the bank, I go to the supermarket, I go to a local grocery store, I buy gas, I go to a restaurant. That business is thrives in that community because I service it, plus it pays revenue to the town in taxation that I help pay for. And if you're using a, a facility there, you're probably paying a fee to get in. Yes, and not only that, not only that, Linda, but these facilities, like if you're looking at, for instance, recreational facilities, those facilities were built out of federal and provincial taxpayers' money. They weren't built out of municipal money. Might be some share, but... Right. And that's so you, why I can't wrap my head around this. So, those, so have you reached out to the minister? Have you been in conversation with anyone involved with MNL or with the department to try to, uh, you know, have some of these concerns and fears alleviated or, or just to answer some of the questions that you have? Well, Linda, I'll, I'll put it this way. We're as welcome as nippers at a picnic. I've reached out to MNL. I've reached out to the minister's office. I have no response from MNL. Uh, the minister's office, I get people who are good listeners. They'll listen to what I have to say. They're not decision makers. They just record my stuff. And then I, we've done submission after submission after submission and ask questions, ask for answers, and all you get are platitudes. And the only thing we have access to here is the joint report. That's it. You know, the minister referenced to me in, a, in her correspondence that uh, government is analyzing recommendations, researching considerations. So we don't know what they are. We have no clue. None. For instance, how are these regional boards going to get paid for? Right? These regional boards, Eastern Regional, as one example, has a $2 million administration budget per year. Each one of these regional service ports is going to have an operating budget, anywhere from three-quarters of a million to a million dollars a year. Twenty-five of them. Where's the money going to come from? Municipalities are being told they're going to pay their taxes to the municipality as they always have. 
they're going to get services from the regional board on an a la carte basis, just like you go to a restaurant and now they're off the menu. <laughs> so who's paying for this? We don't know. And nobody will answer that question. So how are they, are. Uh, how are they currently they're under the provincial budget? Who? The regional service boards. I no, mean. no, no. They're fully, like Eastern Regional operates from its own revenues and that's it. My understanding, I, I've looked at their budget and I don't see any provincial money of any amount in their operating budget. And who are they answerable to, uh, I guess? Uh, is it the department? To, to the minister. Right. Yeah. Because $2 million in administration, that sounds very high. Well, you've got a lot of staff. Right? And then you've got, uh, they have two other facilities because they have a facility here. I'm just looking here now. Uh, they have a facility in Old Perlican. They have a depot in Whitburn. They have a regional transfer station in Clarenville. So, I mean, these things are not not cheap to operate. And that's what I'm saying about even even the regional service boards they're talking about, Linda, they're not going to be cheap to operate. And your question is, who is going Who's to be operating for? them? <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, nowhere does it say that a municipality has to pay for it. It's danced around in the report. And I've asked, we've asked through submissions, and we get no answers, right? All we are told is this process is ongoing and we haven't made any decisions. There's no transparency to this. There's no openness to it. And it puzzles me, right? I mean, how are we supposed to be part of this process and feel comfortable that decisions are going to be made that we believe to be in our best interest? Now, what somebody else believes to be, what we believe, we're, we're part of the process. British Columbia did this back in the 60s, and their minister, Dan Campbell, and their deputy minister, Ev Brown, were adamant that everybody, every stakeholder, had to be on board. And they worked their tails off to make sure that happened. It hasn't happened here. The only people invited to the table other than people from the department is from MNL. And as we talked about earlier, if you live if you live in a municipality and you've lived there most of your life or all of your life, how can you understand how an LST operates if you don't know? And that and that's not a I'm not that's not a criticism, right? My guest today on On Target is Secretary with the Local Service District of Bellevue. We're talking about regionalization. Uh, Larry McCarthy will be back right after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Regionalization is the topic today, and my guest is the Secretary of the Local Service District of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy, who reached out to me uh, a few weeks ago. And, uh, Larry, when the working group report went out some time ago, Minister Howell was very clear she called for input, and she was asking people to provide uh, feedback that she wanted to hear from them. Have you provided any? Uh, are you hearing from other local service districts who have done the same? Linda, we've done, I think, to date, nine submissions formally in writing to the minister. 
local service districts in the area that I've talked to, the Lower Trinity Shore, um, Dildo, Greens Harbour, that area. Uh, I think you had uh, some of those representatives that I talked to on your program. Uh, we're all doing the same thing because the problem that we have here is because we were not included, we're shooting in the dark because I'm talking to you about simple things like have you considered this? Have you considered that? We don't even know. We're just saying we've got to put that there because we don't know if they're even given that any thought, right? So, and the other thing is we're not getting any timely feedback, right? So the minister is not doing a process that I feel is very democratic, right? It's not open. It's not transparent. Uh, it's not acceptable. And I, I've told the minister that it's not acceptable. So the issue here is with the process, as you said, said off the top, you, you're not entirely opposed to the the outcome, but uh, this this I suppose big question mark that's out there is leaving you feeling rather distrustful. And, and with good reason, Linda, because, like I said, you've got a report. Uh, there is a previous report uh, from MNL back in uh, 2015. The same mantra. Right, and we've seen interviews in the media. Um, we've had people from NML, I think, on your show, who made comments about this fairness in taxation, and that we're getting somehow we're getting a free ride. So, <clears throat> how does that how does that make inclusion even possible? Right? I mean, you're you're writing people off. You're you're you're, you're you're being divisive, right? You're not being inclusive. You're being divisive. And how are services currently provided through the LSDs? You mentioned that you uh, you have some uh, local LSDs in your general area. You share services. Is that correct? We share fire because we're too far apart <laughs> to share anything else. Uh, we cover from. The entrance to Thornley to the exit to Bellevue Beach is about 12 kilometers, and you've got three communities spread through that 12 kilometers, so we'd never be able to provide, provide water services, but we share fire services. And any other things that we can, uh, like we share recreation, um, we actually have a recreation group that's made up of people from within that local cluster of LSDs. And you supply what uh, you fundraise for um, playgrounds and that kind of stuff. Well, they do that themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, they do that um, because, again, they're they're a separate entity. But again, it's a community effort. I mean, we don't we're not very formal about, about how we do things, other than we have to financially because of requirements by municipal affairs about our budget, right? Right. So the the Green report identified what it saw as some of the issues that you've been uh, raising here about this this idea of unfairness and inequity because uh, there is no universal property tax in the province. How how did that strike you when you saw the Green report come down and mention this whole concept? Well, again, as I pointed out to you, we're an outlier in Canada. We have our property tax pays for local services only. If you're in St. John's, you pay property tax, it's for your local services. If you're in Gander, same thing. If you're in Bellevue, you pay 
for your services. Right? You don't pay it through property tax, but you do pay for it. And so your property tax in a city in Newfoundland is a fee for service because you're not paying a provincial levy for education, policing, as I mentioned before. So I don't get this. I don't get how these people even get this notion because I'm not an economist. I'm not somebody who's versed in municipal government. And, and I know the difference, so why don't they? So the property tax you're paying for in Corner Brook or Twilling Gate or Lab City goes towards the services that the municipality provides to the residents. Yes, and as I said, in, you know, in Ontario, you pay 30% of your, 30% of education funding in Ontario is paid through property tax. In British Columbia, all policing in the province is paid through property tax. You can have you can have your own municipal police force, or you can contract with the RCMP. But you have to pay for it, same as in Nova Scotia, as I said, with Annapolis Royal. Right? So totally different. We're not talking apples and apples here at all, right? And uh, the whole concept of regionalization. What do you understand about it? How how will it work? Uh, is it because uh, uh, in a conversation you and I had previously, you were mentioning the county system that is in place in some other areas, but those systems have been in place for ever so long. This would be a new concept for us. Well, exactly, because if you look at the county system, the county system has existed since Confederation in the provinces that have it, or some provinces actually adopted it later, but that's been around, that's, that's from Britain, right? British Columbia didn't really have a county system, so they built this regional district system from scratch, right? They started this in 1947 before Newfoundland even became a province, and they spent over 20 years and they didn't just pay lip service to it. This was hard work over 20 years. And what they did was they used a test district. They took the area around Greater Victoria up to Saanich, where you get the ferry, and they brought all that into one test regional district because of the fact that it was a good representation of municipalities and what's equivalent to LSDs and UIAs here. Then they rolled out the other regional districts slowly and gradually. We're not even doing that. We've got five existing regional service boards. Nobody can tell me, or nobody will tell me, are we gonna do a test case? Why not? Right? We, we are gonna put in place, according to this report, up to 25 regional boards. We have, British Columbia has 28. They have 10 times our population. They have 12% of our, they have, we have 12% of their land area, I'm sorry. How can we afford that? How can we even afford it? Right, British Columbia started doing this seriously when their population just exploded, and it's been doing so ever since. British Columbia's five million people, and it's been growing since the late 50s. They had people in rural pockets who needed water services, they needed sewer services, they needed police services, all those things. Our population is declining. It's aging. <laughs> We're a rural Newfoundland of seniors. Right? I mean, we're not, you know, there's no equivalence to this, Linda, at all. It makes no sense to me. 
My guest today on On Target is Secretary with the Local Service District of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy. We'll be back right after this. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. My guest today is Secretary with Local Service District of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy. We've been talking about this whole concept of regionalization, and you've been outlining, uh, I guess, the lack of consultation in the matter, because arguably uh, local service districts and unincorporated areas are the ones that are going to feel the greatest impact from all of this. Uh, And by the sounds of it, you just want to be at the table. Is it too late? No, it's not, Linda. It's never too late. I mean, the minister keeps saying this is an ongoing process, there was no line item in the budget for the next step in the process that was recommended in the report, so I assume there's plenty of time. Uh, it's a matter of the minister making that decision to make this right. You know, it's, it's odd because I go back to British Columbia because that's the one in my research I focus most on because it's the one that they're using. They're using that model. Um, Dan Campbell, who was the Minister of Municipal Affairs at the time that BC made the big move on this, he said the people who live in the house must help to build it. Well, (laughs) the Minister speaks for herself, right? She's She's not speaking that message. Right? And her silence, by the way, on this, she's only been around a few times to speak on this. And her silence means that the face of regionalization has been left to MNL, for good or bad. Right? The report right, is all we see. Like I said to you, we don't even know if we're shooting in the dark. I mean, maybe people have already sat down and looked at all these points that we've made in our submissions and said, oh, yeah, we can take care of that. We can take care of that. But we don't know. We have no clue. I mean, that's ridiculous. So uh, the department, of course, would be well aware of who's in a local service district and who's not. Yes. Um, Has there been any, you know, um, I guess, communication at all, even in a general sense, to each of these LSDs? No, no. All All we're doing is making our submissions, and that's what we've been offered. We've been offered you make your submissions in writing, you get no timely feedback. You get no discussion. You, it's like I said, shooting in the dark. And that's not sufficient, right? It's not the way it was done in British Columbia. And you know, it's odd because in British Columbia, you talk about the exact opposite of population growth. In British Columbia, the biggest hurdle that municipal affairs faced in British Columbia bringing their regional district process to fruition was municipalities, not LSDs. (laughs) And there's a reason for that. I mean, and that, that worries me because why are municipalities totally on board with this and have no criticisms of this whatsoever? Like, do they know something we don't know? So, uh, and, and it seems to me that you've been put in this defensive position to, you know, counter this whole idea that somehow you're not pulling your weight. Well, exactly, Linda, because, I mean, you sit, you think about it. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm semi-retired. I have lots of time on my hands. I can sit down and do 60 hours of research, which I put into this, and other people have done like me. I'm not the only one. There are people in other LSDs who we sit and collaborate and we talk and we read and research and whatever and we don't know if that's a worthwhile effort 
because we don't know if we're shooting in the dark. We don't know if these things have already been addressed. We don't know, but we have to do it in case they haven't been. Right? And that's not a fair position to put us in. So uh, if you had to give uh, one message now to the minister and, and, and our listeners, uh, what would it be? It would be that it's time to bring people from LSDs on board and to find a way to do it. Uh, there's no excuse that you cannot do it. I mean, British Columbia did it back in the 60s. When you imagine what travel was like in the 60s in British Columbia, Can you, no Internet, right? No Zoom meetings, no working from home. And these people, the capital of British Columbia is in Victoria on the island. Everybody has to get there. Look at roads. I mean, you think about it. It was a monumental process, and they did it. Right? And we can't do it in the 21st century with technology. There's something wrong. And I guess communication is the key. Communication is what you and I have been talking about for this past hour. It's communication. Communication works two ways. It's respectful. It's two ways. And it's timely feedback. And that's not what we're getting. <clears throat> and before I finish, I just want to say one other thing. That whole report never mentions safe drinking water, which is what we want, not just in LSDs, but in rural municipalities. There are over 60 rural municipalities right now on boil orders that have been there for a long time. We're all in the same boat, rural municipalities, LSDs, and rural areas, and not one word about the regional boards or any of it in that report about safe drinking water. And it's, it's one of the, the major issues, of course, facing um, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador is, is that whole issue. We hear a lot about it on the Canadian mainland, but we, uh, we, we're not discussing it quite enough here. And uh, it's a huge issue. At times, there's been over 300. Well, you know, the question comes down to it. Like, like we've said, we're willing to pay extra if we're going to get what we're paying for and we're going to pay for what we get. But if I'm not going to get clean drinking water... And I'm going to get some board that sits in and is not even, not even part of their mandate, according to this report. What's the point of this exercise? Right? My guest uh, today on On Target has been the secretary of the local service district of Bellevue, Larry McCarthy. And Larry, I'm uh, pleased that you reached out to us to uh, have some of these concerns heard. Hopefully in the next little while, we'll learn more about this process and how LSDs and unincorporated areas can get involved. Uh, I really appreciate your time and reaching out. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. And uh, that's been uh, Larry uh, McCarthy, uh, Secretary with the Local Service District of Bellevue. And back, uh, David, in 1985, I believe, Lonesome Jubilee by John Mellencamp, formerly known as John Cougar Mellencamp. Um, uh, He rebranded himself, I suppose, and and put his uh, own name back on his uh, work. Um, He was contemplating some of the... um, very real cultural ramifications of some of the upheaval that was taking place, particularly in the uh, United States Midwest uh, with this whole clash of um, uh, urbanization of rural areas and uh, some of the things that were happening there with farms and the like. And uh, Lonesome Jubilee uh, was a a, a critical hit, of course. So uh, we're going to go out today because there's some uh, similarities uh, happening here in this province 
province uh, today. Um, this is Check It Out. <laughs> 